I'm Ann. And I'm Tom Zalatni. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. One thing I've been thinking about with it being Pride Month in most of the world is that there is no uh, queer liberation without indigenous liberation Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and without decolonization. Yeah. Um, So remember to stand in solidarity with the indigenous peoples of the land you live. Yeah. If you uh, if you are familiar with the uh, what I think is the current longest version of the acronym two S L G B T Q I A plus. Yep. The two S at the beginning of that is uh, it stands for two spirit, which is uh, an indigenous concept. I don't admittedly know a ton about it. It's a it's a gender based thing, certainly. It's a third gender it's a third gender concept uh, that's from Turtle Island indigenous cultures. Uh, though I mean, like every indigenous culture has gender variants. Um, the gender binary is something that's very much come from colonization, especially Christian mm-hmm. colonization. Yeah, and it's really worth doing some some searching into indigenous concepts of gender because this assumption that gender diversity and trans identities is new Mm. uh, is a very whitewashed very colonist perspective Um, because in most I mean in most cultures histories thousands of years back there have been clearly documented gender variants that's been celebrated Um, I mean I would even like I would even say like in a lot of colonist cultures way back there is gender diversity that exists like it's it's not even just colonizers who who push this idea of there being a gender binary that's it's like it. yeah that's it and that's actually why i brought up christian colonization specifically yeah. because a lot of the time and i mean that's i'm i'm choosing that because that is the colonist power that i am the most familiar with and i would say arguably the most powerful in the world yeah. i don't think that's like a stretch no. um that yeah, that gender binary is, is quite recent and quite limited. And, you know, if you go far enough back in your own cultural history, you will find gender diversity acknowledged and celebrated. Yeah. Um, and it's not that hard to find. No. Yeah. Uh, don't forget that Stonewall was a riot led mm-hmm. by black trans women, mm-hmm. black trans women, and that the first people that the Nazis went after were trans people and that the famous uh, Nazi book burnings were of trans history and research look it up Mm -hmm. look it up and then think a little bit about what kind of red flags are blowing in the wind these days yeah yeah (laughs) so on to food food this was a i think this was a pretty nice food week for us honestly 
yeah no this was a very like uh i feel like a very like luxurious food week mm-hmm. like we did a lot of nice eating this we week. did a lot of nice eating we started grilling again for the year yeah a few hours ago we just ate some really good pita and really falafel good. oh my god from a place yes. we hadn't ordered from before and it came with just these fresh fluffy beautiful pita <sighs> and such good falafel I, my god i will say shout out to falafel saint jacques an institution, an excellent place with excellent falafel. This was my first experience and it will not be my last. Yeah, yeah. really, really good. Um, but I will say, we got like a family platter, you know, 12-piece falafel, great deal, really like really satisfying amount of food. Weirdly, only five pitas. And I yeah. think if you're going to do a 12-pack of something, there should be like, I don't know, a number of pitas that's a multiple of 12. Or yeah. A, uh, not a multiple of 12, but a... Divisor? Divisor, divisor of 12? Divisible? Divisible? It's got to be... It's not a... We're not mathematicians. No, but like it's got to be a number that can be easily divided into 12, you know? Yeah, exactly. Not five. Not five. Specifically. Yeah, that was that was weird. That was yeah. a weird choice, but the, damn, they were good so pita. So good. Wow. So good. Um, so yeah, shout out. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. We also... What else? We got some other really good takeout this week. What was it? I mean, we had pizza. Yeah, we had some solid pizza. Yesterday, and that was good. It was good. Um, it came through but, in clutch, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. forgot. We, we decided to throw an end-of-school party because uh, our daughter did really well this year, mm-hmm. and she wanted it, and uh, completely forgot that everything would be closed mm-hmm. for Saint-Jean-Baptiste, mm-hmm. went to get groceries, and the store was closed. Yeah. So we ordered pizza. Yeah. Shout out to Domino's Shout coming through. Out. Oh, we had pho. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's With just Pauline. normal for us. Yeah, but yeah. it's like so good. That's why I forgot though, because we have fun. Yeah, because we have fun all the time, but it was so good. It was so So good. good. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so good food week. Good food week. Good food week. So obviously, we just uh, celebrated with extremely heavy air quotes Saint Jean Baptiste, Mm -hmm. which is uh, Quebec's national holiday, uh, named so after John the Baptist, uh, famous cousin of Jesus. Famously Quebec. Famously Quebec. The famous cousin of Jesus who came first. Yeah. It is what it is, folks. Uh, and, of course, this episode is coming out uh, right after Saint-Jean-Baptiste and uh, right before um, Le Canada Fête Nationale. Day. Yeah, Canada Day, a holiday oui. that we don't celebrate because, like... Remember all those indigenous rights we were just talking about? Yeah. Yeah, not, yeah. not so much with the Canada Day. Not so much. If only governments put as much effort into looking for ind- missing and murdered indigenous women as they do into looking for billionaires submarines. Yeah. Um, however, it's a Canadian time of year. It's it a is. Quebecois time of year. It and is. so we decided what better to talk about in this Canadian Quebecois interim than... Putin. No, come on. No. We're not talking about Putin. Did you think we were talking about Putin? Shit, I got to go Did you just prep for notes. Putin? Oh, crap. Wow. Did, did you prep for what we're actually talking about? Yes. Thank God, because I didn't. We're talking about maple syrup. Murpy Slurpy. Listen, as a Canadian who lived for a decade in the United States, uh, all I have to say is that this stereotype is actually correct. What stereotype is that? That we all love maple syrup? That we all love maple syrup, that we drink straight maple syrup, that we like will put maple syrup on or into anything. I put maple syrup in my pasta sauce. Yeah. I put maple syrup in my coffee, and you should too. Mm-hmm. Uh, maple syrup is delicious, and I am very proud to be associated with it. Yeah, I mean, maple syrup is one of those things that I... I don't think that I would put it on everything, but I think that there's like a... 
there's something really wonderful about it. And yeah, maple syrup is cool to me because it's one of the few things that we see as like air quotes Canadian food or like Quebecois mm-hmm. food that is really just straight from the land. It genuinely is. It yeah. genuinely is Quebecois. It genuinely yeah. is, you know, New Englander. It genuinely is Canadian. Yeah. Like, this is not like, you know, poutine, let's say, that yeah. that was developed by French trappers. This is something that has <laughs> existed as long as there have been maple trees on this land. Yeah, and it's like, it's not like a baked dessert. It's not like a... a type of meat or anything that like has dubious origins like I when I think of other Canadian foods they're all things that have heavy ties to like either colonialism or Mm -hmm. immigrant groups Mm -hmm. or like things that kind of developed over the past couple hundred years but maple syrup has been around like for fucking forever and it's it's indigenous in nature and it exists indigenously in nature and it's it's just cool so tom um how do they get the maple syrup do you just you cut down the tree and maple syrup is there no so actually when you go under the bark of a tree this is something that they don't teach you in health class but you can actually peel the bark away to reveal the udder and then what you do is you kind of make a a swift kind of cupping motion uh oh you just milk the tree you milk the tree to get the maple syrup you milk the tree so you can only milk it from pregnant trees yeah the tree has to be pregnant and you can tell which trees are pregnant because they they have a little bump exactly yeah or you can see maybe a baby tree starting to emerge from the bark that's the thing if you Mm -hmm. see something moving a little bit every once in a while Mm -hmm. underneath the bark of a tree it means it's ready to give birth to syrup uh so tom do you actually know i know that the answer is that you tap it but i couldn't actually tell you like really how that works beyond like yeah yeah hammer a tap into the tree and somehow that results in the syrup being able to come so out of it before the tree is pregnant <laughs> the way you tap a tree a tree tap you take a spigot that is either wooden historically would often be a hardwood but more recently is usually metal and it's literally just like if you're thinking a fancy tap nah this is this is a tube that has a little lip and you hammer it into the tree. Uh, and like you said, actually, one of the things you said was correct. You do want to get to the inner bark of the tree. So the season to do this is in spring when the trees xylem and phloem are starting to flow. Uh, so the tree has been dormant through the winter. And then mm. in the spring, it starts to stir and draw nutrients up from the ground. And that's when the sap, it's like having the first sprouts of something. You know, the sap is going to be the freshest and clearest mm-hmm. as the tree goes through the year. It gets less good. Um, but in the spring, you have this really like nutrient mineral rich sap. And so you hammer a tap and you put a bucket into it. And literally it will just, it's like, it's like drawing blood, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, it'll just drip out into the bucket. Okay. See, yeah. I didn't know that. I wasn't ever particularly clear on like at what point in the tapping process it starts to come out of it yeah, right yeah right away if you have a sugar maple on your property you can just tap it if wow. you have a maple tree you can make maple syrup in the spring That's, specifically in the spring specifically okay. so like february march mm-hmm. first thaw kind of thing mm. um because the sap will come out right away you can tell when it's time Right, yeah, because I guess if you tap a tree that's not ready, just nothing comes in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ah. I'm not sure if on farms they just leave the tap in. Probably not. They probably take it out. Yeah, that seems like it. Probably take it out. Because otherwise it would, like, move up and the tree would, like, eat it slowly. But (laughs) when you tap the tree, what comes out is not syrup. Hmm. Do you know what it is? Sap? You tap and the sap. You tap the sap. You tap the sap. The sap that comes out is, it's clear. It's like water. Now they've started bottling it, which is hilarious to me because I grew up in rural Ontario where you could just like get, like 
in maple season, everybody would have like a gallon milk jug of sap just in their car mm. and you would just like pass it around. Right. <laughs> and now they like pasteurize it and sell it. <laughs> um, it's electric. Like you have fresh sap out of the tree. If you ever go to a cabana sucre, I think you can get it. The sugar shack. Right. But it is just, it is so sweet. It wakes you up immediately. It's like, you know, when you drink something really sweet, when your blood sugar is low and you just mm-hmm, feel mm-hmm. it like hit your soft palate and sure. you get like a brain spark. Yeah. Like that's the experience of dripping, drinking sap. You can right. just tell it's like, it's just like a wowie bazinga. It's yeah. So, so, so Sheldon with the wowie bazinga, <laughs> where does, uh, what's, what happens to make it syrup instead of sap? What's mm-hmm. the sort of production line there? You boil it. Okay. So it's just so like with any it. syrup, yeah. uh, like with making a simple syrup, like mm. you're just cooking it down. Okay. So, so the sap is the raw product and then the syrup is the like, you know, produced condensed version of it. That's exactly it. Okay. Yeah. So sap is uh, fresh and clear. And then as you cook it down, it becomes thicker and darker and thicker and darker. That's also how you end up with like amber and dark syrup. Mm. And then if you continue cooking it, you get maple sugar. Okay. It takes 18 kilograms of maple tree sap to make half a kilo of syrup. Wow. So 36 times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Or a 36, depending on what direction you're looking at. Wow. So you cook it down enormously. And this is why A, maple syrup is really expensive. Mm. And B, within the industry, it is known as liquid gold. Right. Now, Quebec has a huge, is a huge maple syrup producer. Quebec's maple syrup industry contributes, can you guess, guess how much it contributes to Canada's economy or gross domestic profit product? In money or in percentage? In money. In money, I, I don't know. In the billions? Yep. It's a billion dollar industry. So it contributes about $1.1 billion to Canada's gross domestic product every year. Wow. Uh, Now, the other thing with maple syrup, because it is a natural resource, Mm -hmm. um, like you said, like it's just something we get right out of the earth. The production is never guaranteed. Right. It's really variable from sure. year to year. Just yeah. like you remember the year we had like a an ice storm late in the spring and then there was just no fruit that year because yeah. like every Quebec farm had lost all its all its crop. Right, right. Maple syrup similar. If you get okay. an early spring, if you get a spring that's too warm, mm. there are conditions that can make the sap production much lower or much higher. Right. Quebec actually has a maple syrup reserve. Okay. It is the only maple syrup reserve in the world. There is a website about it. If you Google it, there is a a federation of maple syrup production uh, in Quebec because it is such a big industry and such a big contributor to the Quebec economy. The website, the federation is the producteur et productrice acéricole du Québec, which is uh, producers and girl producers... Of maple syrup in Quebec. Uh, (laughs) Oh my god, this province is dumb. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's just a town a little bit south of Quebec City that is about the size of five football fields that can store 55 million pounds of maple syrup or 95,000 barrels, each containing 45 gallons or 205 liters, amounting to half the average annual harvest of Quebec maple syrup. So there is just a giant warehouse in Quebec full of maple syrup. That's wild. These days, the maple syrup reserve, which is very rarely unlocked. It's very rarely used. It was used in 2021. Right. Um, But 
uh, these days it's heavily guarded. It has a very um, intense security system. This was not always the case. <laughs> the maple syrup reserve used to just be a warehouse sure, in the yeah. woods. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, it exists. Nobody really talked about it. Didn't really have any publicity. Yeah. It was kind of like its security was kind of secrecy. Right. Uh, now, over several months in 2011 and 2012, there was a guy in Quebec who thought, hey, there's just millions of dollars of maple syrup sitting in a warehouse in Quebec. And over the course of several months, siphoned off about 3,000 tons of maple syrup from the reserve. The detail that I love about this theft is that, like, they siphoned it off knowing that the levels only got checked once a year. They were like, by sure. the time they figure out it's gone, we'll be long gone. We'll have sold it. We'll have made our profit. Mm-hmm. But they also did like a teens and moms liquor cabinet thing where they refilled the barrels with water. So they siphoned them off and then filled them with water um, so that like if they got checked and just sloshed, like they weren't going to tell that these barrels were empty unless they actually sampled the syrup. Yeah. So they stole about $18.7 million worth of maple syrup. Wow. And sold it. And right. made a profit. Yeah. However, in July of 2012, they took their annual inventory and noticed. Right. I guess they didn't refill all of the barrels. Uh, but the inspector was climbing up the barrels and nearly fell because empty barrels don't hold you the way a 600-pound <laughs> barrel does. <laughs> so much about this story. So much about this story is just beautiful. Yeah. So then immediately, of course, the police have to start looking for these dudes mm-hmm. who stole the syrup. Right. Uh, and there was, you know, a network in New Brunswick. They had to move them out of province, of right. course. So New Brunswick, New England. But the really the thing that I think is really amazing is that they caught them. <laughs> like they caught all of them. They caught the whole conspiracy. Right. Um, the ringleader was sentenced to eight years in prison plus a nine point four million dollar fine wow. uh, with an extension to 14 years if the fine is not paid. Right. In 2016, the Quebec Court of Appeal ruled that the fine was excessive and loaded, lowered it to $1 million, probably realizing that this was just a random Quebec guy who did not actually have all of that money. Right. But, the su- but the Supreme Court of Canada reversed that decision. No. And said, like, nope, you don't get to decide that this was excessive based on his like current value. He stole this much, therefore he owes this much. That's wild. This has become a real cultural touch point. I remember it happening. So I was in college when this happened. Yeah. And so like and I was in Quebec and it was just everybody was just like, What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, a we didn't know there was a maple syrup reserve. Like not only there is a secret maple syrup reserve in the woods, but also there was a heist. Yeah. Somebody went like George Clooney on this shit. <laughs> because the story is so engaging and hilarious, it's been turned into a lot of media. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was featured in the Netflix documentary series Dirt. Money. Amazon ta- uh, is talking about developing a comedy series based on the heist. Okay. And one thing I really love is that the um, the Quebec Maple Syrup Federation, they're like, on the one hand, it's great that we get all this attention to Quebec Maple Syrup. So a quote from somebody in the Federation says, um, he is concerned that Hollywood plans for a comedy about the heist because it could damage the maple syrup industry's image. He says, well, it's nice to have a good laugh. At some point, it gets too much. I like, I don't think that anyone takes maple syrup seriously in that 
way, you know? This guy takes maple syrup seriously. <laughs> like like maple syrup is a is a joyful thing, right? Yeah. It and so people who take it seriously, like it's not a dramatic food. It's a it's a it's a joyful it's a comedy food. Yeah. You know? It's not a tragedy food. I agree. It's not a tragedy food. Oh man, but there's so many beautiful details. Like the police are seizing things to find out about this heist. They're seizing like boilers used to boil down sack. Oh, and I'm just imagining them scraping it and being like Yes, this is Quebec syrup. Like, oh, that didn't come from New Hampshire. Like, how do you even do that? They have to get like a they have to get like a Tony Shalhoub style actor to play like a maple syrup yeah. specialist. You know, yeah. it's goofy. Oh I saw uh, in one of the one of the crime series I watched. I think it was Elementary, but there's an episode that is about like maple syrup black market oh, dealings. Yeah, I mean there's a whole there's a whole subplot in Riverdale about it. Okay. That like the mob family in Riverdale has connections to the Montreal maple syrup mob and like there's, you know, one of the rich families in the city has like a maple syrup monopoly and it's like Did you know that it was based in truth? I, I knew about the maple yeah. syrup heist here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah okay. For sure. Now, I don't know that maple syrup mob is real. No, I don't think so. This seems very much like a, a bunch of, you know, producers who think who very seriously of their craft. And, like, as well they should because oh, it's excellent. There's probably, like, a... If not a mob, there's probably like some kind of Masonic guild kind of. Yeah, vibe. I think it's probably much more that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, like, look, I'm not saying there's no mob in Quebec. God knows there is. One of the leaders of the mob got knocked off like a few blocks from yeah, here, but not that long ago recently. too. Yeah. Um. There's absolutely various. Like, there's a lot of organized crime in Montreal. Yeah. There's, there's like, and there's many documentaries on that if you want to look. Some it up. of it doesn't actually involve any of the politicians. <laughs> really. I don't know. Maybe. Do you remember when like the entire government of Laval got arrested in the same week? That's Laval. We don't talk about them. A whole bunch of Montreal did too. I just remember that because while they were making those arrests at one point, I was like pregnant and I couldn't get back to my apartment because the police had the whole block taped off. And I was so tired and I was so upset that I like couldn't manage to speak in French. And I was trying to be like, I just want to get to my house. And he was like, you can't like you have to go around. And I was like, I have to walk another like all the way around the block. And I'm seven months pregnant and I was so tired and I just want to go home. Anyway, then they arrested everybody. So there's a lot of organized crime, but I don't think it's around maple syrup specifically. No, yeah. It's around construction. Yeah. I really have to stop saying that on air. They're going to come for me. I would fully believe that there's probably some amount of organized crime around maple syrup, but more on the distribution side than on the production side. Yeah, I mean, they've got to have their hand in it because it's a billion-dollar industry. Um, I think the thing is that, like, I feel like there's no French-Canadian mob anymore. Is there a French-Canadian mob? I'm not at liberty to say. (laughs) Because, like, that's the thing is the Quebec syrup producers are very French-Canadian. Yeah. And the mob tends to be Irish and Italian. Yeah. So I would believe that there are, like, you know, things that trade hands in high places. But I don't actually know if there's an organized maple syrup crime syndicate. If there is and you're at liberty to tell me about it, please do, because I would love to know about that. It it definitely sounds like a sticky situation. On that note, should we move into the mid-roll? Yeah, Speaking let's of do things it. That let's stick. roll around in syrup. Yum yum. Ooh, baby, I love your pay. If you're enjoying the show so far, pay us. Back to the no. 
<laughs> you know how by now. <laughs> Give us all your money. Click the links in the description. Money, Goodbye. Money, please. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts or consider sharing this episode with a friend if you aren't because that's also helpful, you know? Um, also, if you listen on Spotify, please hit subscribe, because that helps, too. Yeah, do the things that cost no money to, to help us out. Plus, like, handy. you don't want to miss an episode. No, don't You do don't want to miss us talking about Murple Slurple, that's which I can't believe we didn't call it that yet. Oh, we already, I'm sure I did. <laughs> uh, for every new rating and review we get on Apple Podcasts during the month of June, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in our home neighborhood of NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, it's kind of like you're donating $6 worth of food to a family who need it. In other words, half a can of maple syrup. <laughs> That's dark. Uh, there's literally no other way to turn zero into six. So if that math is exciting for you. Go do it. You can read all about what the depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. We're still trying to grow our Patreon to reach our $50 a month goal. It, it grew a little bit this month. Shout out to our new patrons. When we get to $50 a month, we'll be launching our No Bad Food Recipe Club, where each month we'll post a new recipe for you to try out and share with your friends and family. Mm-hmm. If you're not already a member of our Patreon, please consider joining up at patreon.com slash no bad food pod today yeah okay let's get back to the show how do you like your maple syrup how do i like my maple syrup honestly honestly i am like a medium maple syrup enjoyer i am not someone who likes to drench my stuff in maple syrup i'm not someone who goes out of their way to get stuff that's maple syrup flavored Mm -hmm. i really enjoy maple syrup when i have it but I'm not like a maple syrup fiend in the way that a lot of people are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, you're it. an immigrant, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I don't drench things in maple syrup because I like a subtle amount of it mm-hmm. is where I'm at. So like if we're having pancakes, I'm not going to like soak them in maple syrup. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have just enough that I can like taste it, mm-hmm. but I'm not even necessarily going to have it like cover the pancake, you know? Okay. If we're doing, like, a savory breakfast, like, I might not bother having any maple syrup on the plate. Like, I... Unless it's in the beans. Because sometimes you get, like, maple beans. And I do love me some maple beans. The maple beans that grow on the maple vines. Yeah. But then, like, you know, you can get, like, maple-flavored bacon. Yeah. I don't like that. I like regular bacon. Okay. You know? Mm -hmm. And, like, I think I'm... I'm, Yeah, I don't know. I would say I'm, like, a, a... a medium enjoyer of maple syrup in that sense where I'm, I don't want it on everything all the time and I don't want huge quantities of it. Mm-hmm. But when I have it in the right contexts for it, I love it. And I mean, look, even if I have too much of it in a situation, it doesn't ruin it for me. I feel like this is very <laughs> applicable, though, to most condiments. But the thing is, I think a lot of people who like maple syrup a lot are probably hearing me say this and being like, what the fuck is wrong with Tom? Sure. Because like there's... Cause yeah, cause cause for me it's one of those things where I'm just like yeah, I just want like, I want a bit of it on the mm-hmm. things that I, I want it to be like a little accent. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people are just like no, I want to. Pancakes are a vehicle for syrup. I kind of feel that way about pancakes specifically because I find them too dry unless sure. they are soaked in syrup. Well, that's the thing you have to. So have a good I want pancake. I want just enough syrup that the pancake is going to absorb it. Okay, you know? sure. I want just enough that when I bite into it, I'm going to get a little syrup oozing out of every bite. Mm, mm. But not like a puddle on the plate, you know? Yeah. But there's like tricks to do that. Well, I think 
I wonder if for me this is a, a textural thing where mm. like I have issues with sticky mm-hmm. foods, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that when maple syrup happens in excess or, you know, in what feels like excess for me, it is specifically because it starts to make things sticky. It does. You know? It is. It does be sticky. Yeah. I think for me, if there's enough maple syrup on a thing that it becomes difficult to avoid sticky, there is now too much maple syrup for me to actively enjoy the thing. Not for flavor purposes, but just for experience purposes. So generally, you're not a syrup person. I guess. Yeah. 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 Because you feel this way about honey as well. Sure. But like maple syrup is still the elite syrup, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a leading question. but Yeah. No, no, no. That's it. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, I think maple syrup is excellent. I just don't want the quantity of it that a lot of people want. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And so I don't feel like I can call myself a super fan, you know? Sure. Like, it's it's like the way that I feel about a lot of pop music where I'm like, like Taylor Swift. I'm like, yeah, Taylor Swift is excellent. I don't necessarily seek her out. But when I listen to her, I enjoy it. You don't want her all over your pancake. Exactly. I don't I'm not going to pay to go to a Taylor Swift concert. But when she comes up on Spotify, I'm like, hell yeah. You might rub a pancake on her. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I worry that if I have too much Taylor Swift, my hands might get sticky. How do you like your maple syrup? Straight. No chaser. That's not actually true. I don't actually take shots of maple syrup. I just thought that was a good bit. Um, It's a good bit. uh, I mean, I like it on pancakes, right? It's really good. Mm. I actually really like, not necessarily maple flavored bacon, but I really love when like some breakfast sausage or some bacon gets in the maple syrup. That's different. That's good. And that's so good. I really like that. Especially like, I'm not a big fan of like the Quebec breakfast sausage. Mm. I'm just not a fan of pork sausages generally. Like, which is funny because I do like pork, but like... Something about ground pork and pork sausage. It's just not my favorite. But like there's something about a savory little sausage with maple syrup that is so tasty. Uh, I also so I use maple syrup very often when a sauce needs a sweet note. Mm -hmm. So I use maple syrup in teriyaki. I use maple syrup in tomato sauce. I use it in a lot of savory things. Uh, If you do like honey mustard, but with maple Mm -hmm. syrup, really nice. Sure. Because it's got a depth to it. It's got a darkness and a smokiness to it that regular sugar doesn't have. You can get close to it with brown sugar. Mm -hmm. But maple sugar just has an extra note. Sure. Uh, that's really nice in savory things. Mm. And I find just balances things out beautifully. Yeah. Uh, it's also really lovely in coffee. Like, I mean it. Try mm. sweetening your coffee with maple syrup. I know it is literally as expensive as gold, but like, just try it. Yeah. It didn't used to be. No. Like, in our lifetime, but also historically, yeah. maple sugar was what the peasants used here because it was easily available. White mm-hmm. sugar was for special occasions. Which makes sense because white yeah. sugar was from far away and had to be imported. And, exactly. you know, it wasn't expensive to make, but it sure was expensive to profit. But how amazing would it be if we could go back to that and have a local maple industry that could, I guess it probably couldn't actually, local production probably couldn't keep up. Because yeah. we don't have like slave labor, but the thing is, like, it. like hot take, I don't know that it would necessarily be the worst thing in the world mm-hmm. if we just stopped having a global sugar market and yeah. instead everyone just used whatever sugars were locally available. Yeah. And like, if you don't have shit tons of local sugar, oh well. Yep. I mean, there's honey also. Like yeah. <laughs> between honey and maple sugar, we could do a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really. 
I mean, I like it on its own. I like it on things, but I, I mean, like childhood memories of those little like leaf shaped maple sugar cakes sure, that are so yeah. lovely. I really like maple butter, which is like halfway between maple syrup and maple sugar. And then there's those cookies that are like an Oreo, but shaped like a maple leaf with, with maple, maple cream. cream. I mean, like like maple ice cream is lovely. The maple, maple barbecue cr- sauce. Maple bar- Exactly. Yeah. But that's for me where maple really shines is when it's balancing something savory. Sure. Because yeah. I find that just that, that that woodsy flavor mm-hmm. is so beautiful when it's um especially contrasted with something acidic sure it's just gorgeous mm-hmm. uh and i really 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 like it for cooking yeah well i feel like it it for me like you know i i, I said maple barbecue sauce right and yeah. like we talked a little about like when the maple syrup gets on the bacon you know because that's that's the kicker is i think the reason i don't like maple bacon is because it it caramelizes too much in the yeah. pan, right? Like I want my oh, bacon so to be normal. Oh, it's so hard to cook. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it, it just like doesn't taste as good to me. Mm-hmm. But if you give me normal bacon and then you put some syrup on it or next to it, I'm like, yeah, okay, this is Delicious. right. Yeah. And and I think like there's something naturally interesting to me about the interplay between maple syrup and smoky flavors. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, of course, like of course cooked tree sap is going to taste good with stuff that's been smoked because things are smoked with wood. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like it it's it just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing like about maple syrup and this is something that like if you live in maple country, which is not just Canada, like and it also, yeah. also isn't important point like Maple is associated with Canada, but maple syrup production is mostly Quebec and Ontario yeah. and New Brunswick. Yeah. Um, and like northeastern U.S. And North and New England has yeah. like a, a big maple syrup production, but it's a regional thing, not a country mm. thing. Yeah. So like yeah. we are very associated with it because Canada is the maple tree. Mm. But like they're not doing this on the prairies. They don't have trees. Yeah. In I grew up in New England and in Canada. I have lived my whole life in maple syrup country. Right. Uh, you have lived most of your life in maple syrup yeah. country. Um, in Quebec, you call it the cabana sucre. Mm. Uh, in the States, you would call it the sugar shack. Well, do they call it the sugar shack? Now I can't remember what they call it in the States. In Canada, we call it either Cabana Zucco or Sugar Shack. Mm -hmm. But you go and you go in the spring and you see the trees making their maple syrup and you get to taste the sap and you get to see the syrup being boiled. And then you go and eat food with maple syrup. Mm -hmm. And it's... It's so nice, especially when you've been through this long, cold winter Mm. to go and be like, okay, it still feels like winter. It's still cold. There's still snow in it everywhere. But, you know, the sap is running. Yeah. And it's the first sign of spring. And it's the first, like, fresh thing you get. Yeah. And I think that's why I love the sap so much. I love the unprocessed sap. I haven't tried the bottled sap yet. I haven't tried that to see if it like has the same, if it hits the same, but I'm guessing it doesn't hit the same as drinking it fresh and icy cold. Probably not. But it's just like, it's so nostalgic. And I think one of the things about tasting maple syrup is at least for me, I don't just taste the maple syrup. I also get that fresh snowy air that smells like trees um and the crunch of the snow yeah. and it's a little breath of the forest yeah well and like with the sugar shack like like you mentioned like you go eat a meal afterward right and like that's such an important part of the experience too right of like going to this place and seeing the nature of it and then going inside and going okay now we feast yeah you know? now we eat and it's like it's a heavy meal usually oh, yeah it's, and it's in like an old like log cabin dining hall kind of space traditionally and yeah. like 
there's something so nice about that. Just yeah. like retreating into the woods, looking at some trees, and then going inside a building made of those trees and eating a bunch of food made of those trees. And like, yeah. it's like, you know, you get ham and bacon and yeah. croton. So it's just every different thing you make with pig and then beans and eggs and, and pancakes and toast. And it's like everything you could want from like a brunch. Yeah. And then they give you fresh maple syrup yeah. on top of it all. Um, one thing I do have to say for any New England listeners, uh, the sugar shack in, that you have in New England, the food is different from the cabana sucre in Quebec. And it is, it is worth, I don't have creton. Like, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's, it, there's no like, there's no like, um, like t- tortière. Uh, there, sure. there won't be this. There's not beans. Okay. You're not just going to have beans. No? No, like having beans with breakfast, like it's not really... Not even baked bean? Not really. Interesting. Like okay. baked beans are more of a like like a meal thing. Interesting. In my experience anyway. Okay. You don't... You know the like how here you can get cans of baked beans anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like they're just the beans in the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. That's a Quebec thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, for me that's like such a... That's such a staple of yeah, like fevo tomate, fevo fevo tomate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're just there. Nope, that's Quebec. Okay, so it's different. Like you'll still get pancakes, absolutely, sure. but like you're not also having four kinds of pig and beans. Sure. Okay. You're probably having like pancakes, waffles, French toast. It's like much more like brunch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A little more grain heavy. Yeah, Quebec loves eating pigs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not that New England doesn't love eating pigs too, but like, sure, yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, God, someday I'd like to do an episode about croton and other sort of, you know. You will have to get somebody else because I am products. just not a fan of croton. <laughs> I just I cannot get into it. That's fair. It's a cultural staple that I that I just it is just beyond my comfort zone. I love it. That and the beans, like I get you, a lot of brunch places here for people who haven't who haven't been up to Montreal ever. You get a little like those tiny. What are they like? Maybe four ounce containers there with just a little bit of beans and a little bit of croton on your plate. That I find so interesting because beans with breakfast is very British. Sure. Like you get the full English breakfast, there's beans. Right. And I feel like Quebec and England are the only places who are like, it's breakfast, have some beans. Have some beans. You got to have beans with breakfast. Yeah. I mean, Quebec was pretty British for a hot minute. Like in all fairness, Shh, I know you can't say, say too they're gonna come look. I mean, Quebec was also Ohio for a hot minute. Let's did not forget see, that. Did you see that the uh, CAQ posters this year are just choisissez le français? Oh my god, <laughs> that's I know. their slogan. It's ridiculous. Did you see that they also didn't win in our neighborhood? Unsurprisingly, I mean, unsurprisingly, <laughs> our 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 neighborhood has been English as long as it has existed. Our neighborhood has voted liberal <laughs> in a hundred percent of elections for the past like sixty years or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Uh, but anyway, the Quebecois, weird little people, weird, weird little, little people. people. They hoard maple syrup and eat beans for breakfast. Yeah, and we love to live among them. <laughs> Do yeah. we? I mean, you know, like for for all that this place is a hot mess, it is home. <laughs> François Legault is going to knock on our door in the middle of the night and be like, En français, s'il vous plaît! If François Legault knocks on our door in the middle of the night, I'm going to murder him no, in self-defense. No, no, you can't say that. Listen. You can't say that. In the middle of the night? I'm sorry, but no one gets to knock on my door. In the, like, one time, one time... <laughs> Do you remember this? One time Toby was like a newborn. Yeah. And someone rang our doorbell at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I jumped out of bed, went to the kitchen and got a huge knife <laughs> and went to the door to and answer was- the door. 
no one was there. It was a hundred dollars worth of McDonald's that was supposed to go to a neighbor's house and got dropped on our porch at one AM and I was like We feasted. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, like I was I was ready to like threaten whoever was ringing my doorbell at one o'clock in the morning and it was just a surprise gift of McDonald's. You were You were so freaked out. I've started taking medication since then. Yes. I'm less unhinged now than I was at the time. But I was really like, I was like, oh shit, like, are we getting like, you know, is someone either going to rob us or do pranks are, on us? I don't think if people are breaking into their house, they ring the doorbell. <laughs> Look, it was one o'clock in the morning. We had a newborn. It was, I was in a rough place in my life at the time. <laughs> Mental health wise. <laughs> so anyway, the premiere of Quebec is a hundred dollars worth of McDonald's is what I get from that story. Yeah, exactly. I'm um, just saying if, Fr- if Francois Legault rings our doorbell in the middle of the night and he's not holding a hundred dollars worth of McDonald's, we're getting a new premiere. What if he is holding a hundred dollars of McDonald's? <laughs> I'll pick the McDonald's and then tell him to go back to his five million dollar mansion. Hey, it's not the $8 million one anymore. It's true. We hate this man. We hate him. Um, Thanks so much for listening to this episode of No Bad Food. Do you have a favorite maple syrup or a favorite way to eat maple syrup? Do you have a product that you think should be maple syrup flavored or a product that you think shouldn't be maple syrup flavored? Is there maple syrup Kit Kats yet? Ooh, maybe. I'd be into like a maple toffee Kit Kat. Like a Kit Kat that has little chunks of maple crunk crunk inside. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Anyway, hit us up on the socials at No Bad Food Pod, and you can also reach us individually at Teffer Bear and at Tom Zalatni. If you liked this episode and want to help us make this show even better, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and donate. Mm-hmm. If you didn't like this episode, keep it to yourself. Uh, for as little as $1 a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Gab, Thomas, Anne, Erica, Chantal, David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Carol Ann, Rachel. Andrew. You did the thing I do. Also Andrew. He's also Erica Andrew. Chantal. I was just saving Andrew. I was just saving him for the last because he's the best. The ranks of fine folks like Gab, Thomas, Anne, Erica, Andrew, Chantal, David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Carol Ann, Rachel, and our newest patrons, second Chantal. <laughs> Sorry, honey. You got your second. <laughs> And Aslam. Uh, thank you so much for pledging. Chantal, if you want to be first Chantal, you just have to pledge more money than the other Chantal. So check no, it out. What? That's not how that works. It's it's a longevity thing. You have to last longer than first Chantal. I'm trying to get us money. Oh. <laughs> sure. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah, yeah, actually. Let's do that. You want to jump to the top? Bump to your crop. That's what I always say. You want to jump to the top, bump up the crop, and give us more grains for our piggy banks. Should we rearrange the shout-outs to be in order? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> to be in numerical order? Is that too mean? Oh, my God. I don't think that's mean. I think that's brill. Um, our patrons, in addition to getting these lovely bits at the end, get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So mm-hmm. if that's exciting for you, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it happen. You could literally make me talk about Creton and make me have to be nice about it. That's funny. Do that. Uh, we also have merch. Listen, I'm so proud of our Strawby Bobby Hoggy Doggy merch. Please go get some. I'm so proud of it. I want to see it out in the world. If you've already bought it, please like tag us and show us. Teffer worked really hard I on that. Worked really design. hard on it. I really like it. <laughs> um, but we also have other merch, and you can get it by hitting the merch link in the description uh, to get all sorts of great stuff from our friends over at Podcavern, and also to support our network. So you're not just supporting us; you're supporting all the great shows yeah. on the network. 
And of course, you can always support us for free. Tom, how can they support us for free? You can support us for free by leaving a rating review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Share it with a friend who doesn't know enough about Mopal Sloppo. Share it with a friend whose favorite show is Riverdale. Share it with a friend who's in the mob. Or share it with a friend who likes to tap that tree. Our theme music is by Zach. Don't be a bigot. Just tap the spigot, Ingles. And our cover art is by David. Tap the sap flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but certainly not least, this show is produced by Tom Zalatni and Tapper Jemmy. It's you. And edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. See you next week. Bye. It just takes a little time It takes a little time It takes a little time with me I hope you don't mind We'll take it slow this time No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Arcane Ninja RPG tells a story about ninjas and magic by mixing improv and role-playing. Meet our fledgling ninja and fall for them as they take their graduation exam and stumble upon unknown magic that will send them in an epic adventure. Root for them as the dice dictate just how successfully they face the threatening challenges that lay ahead. Binge on published episodes at the Pot Cavern Network or your podcast station of choice. Tune in every other Tuesday for your bi-weekly fix of Arcane Ninja RPG. Thanks for listening. listening.